Can y'all let me in? Hey. Hey. Let me in. I'm about to fall. Wait for it. Let me in. There she goes. Ring doorbell footage is going viral of a roommate coming home drunk asking for her roommate through the camera. You heard it there. Cadillac Jack, my second act of the podcast. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. <clears throat> um, the cold continues. But anyway, I... Um, so I want to tell you, you know, we've talked a lot on the podcast about Olivia and um, college and all of this stuff. And I don't want to go into um, specifics, but I was we were, we were very proud of her. She applied to four schools and got into all four. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a good thing. But there is one particular school. Um, and I will mention that one because it hasn't come up. Um, she, Olivia our, our is our 18-year-old, and she is a senior in high school, and she wants to do supply chain and logistics, which is a really hot field right now because of everything that's going on in the world. And um, so she applied to three different schools and was, um, was uh, you know, accepted into their business schools, some, a couple really challenging business schools that I was super proud of her for. And then she applied um, to the University of Arkansas. And I said to you, I don't know where Arkansas is. And someone had to explain. It's, it's, yeah, PT's looking at me like I'm crazy. It's between Dallas or, and between Louisiana. Texas, Louisiana, and near Tennessee, kind somewhere of. Somewhere right? in that area. Kind of? It's down there somewhere. Okay, but here's the fascinating part. This is what I wanted to get to. This is not, I want to be really clear here. This is not a braggadocious moment about our daughter because we have also had kids who only had one choice. Um, so we've had them all over the map. The one thing that I'm really proud about um, for Olivia is I do think sometimes, and we've talked about it before, that these kids work really hard through high school. Um, Some kids do and some kids don't, but she was one who really took an ambitious track. She took AP classes. She took um, a year of Japanese one summer, one whole year. Online. Online and made an A. Um, And I think sometimes it doesn't pan out. And I think it's the first time, because I'm hearing it from a lot of parents, where kids face enormous disappointment because what they've done doesn't appear in their mind to give them the result that they were expecting, if that makes sense. You know, so I was really proud of her because I think she was on pins and needles. And she kept saying to me, I hope that all the work I did pays off. And it did. But the fascinating thing about Arkansas for supply chain and the reason that it came up, and this is the more interesting story, is that because Walmart is located in Bentonville, Arkansas, in order to do business with Walmart, you have to have a corporate office there. And it may be like a UPS store Dropbox. Uh, absolutely. It's got to be more than that. But kind a of cubicle, city, yes. A skeleton, a skeleton staff. Yes. Not one. And so what happens is there Person. are as many um, Fortune 500 companies in Bentonville as there are in Manhattan. So for her particular... Think about that for a minute. Fascinating. 200. So um, for her particular um, major, it is major. Um, great opportunities for internships and so forth. And here's the most fascinating thing. And, you know, there are things people tell you. Um, and again, my point with this is that I... University of Arkansas was not on our radar. I didn't know there was such a place. Until probably six months ago. The Razorbacks. I know the Razorbacks. And I had, Moore, well, and I had a guy who Dr. came Rice. in who told me about 
the business school and supply chain. And he said, he came into the store and he said, here's the best part. And I'm like, I'm ready for the best part because it seems really far away. It's a direct flight um, from Atlanta on Delta, an hour and a half, because there is so much business there. But the other thing is, he said, they give reciprocal tuition, if you have a certain grade point average, to Texas students and Georgia students. And there was this thing where I'm like, no, I don't believe it. You know, because you, all you hear is you're going to get a lot of money. We're going to give your kid money. You're going to... They did. And it's for all four years, in-state tuition. So we're actually flying out in February, me, you, me, and Olivia. I just set it up. Sorry, I hadn't told you. I mean, I'm all about it. But um, to check it out. New, new it's, it's one of those schools where she's incredibly interested in it online. Um, there's 60 miles of biking trail. She loves to mountain bike. So it looks like it checks all the boxes. But um, it's funny because her top choice is now competing with this other one. On a different note, I'm just going to say this other school has offered her, which is incredibly expensive, has offered to give her $2,500. Thank you. <laughs> Well, we're going, we're going to become a Razorback then. I can tell you that right now. Well, and I also said, and then um, I also said, because I think this is, I've talked about this with a lot of parents. I think you have to go back around, and I told her this, and we actually have to revisit all four schools again, because I also think you look at a school differently after you've been accepted. There's a certain level of self-protection that these kids do, and I've seen it. When you go on these college tours and you're like, don't you like the school? Doesn't it look good? And they're like, yeah, but I'm probably not going to get in. So they almost don't look at it they almost look at the negatives. Like, I don't think I'd like to go there because of this, but they're really kind of self-protecting because they're like, I'm not going to get in anyway. And she agreed. She said, now that I've been accepted, I think I would go back and look at the four differently, completely differently. Preston's like shaking his head. Because you were there not, PT's producer of the My Secondary Podcast in Alabama, recent Alabama graduate. Yeah, I, I was a UGA fan my entire life, from zero to 18, and the day I stopped being a fan is when they denied me to go to their school. So, 100%. But it did, I went to tour UGA with the mindset of, oh, this is where I'll be, and I went to tour all the other schools of, oh, this would be a fine backup. And I almost did kind of feel like I needed to go back, um, and still going to Alabama, part of my plan in the back of my head was maybe I'll just transfer yeah. after a year, and of course, I immediately fell in love and- and I think that happens with a lot of kids yeah. who want to transfer eventually into Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting. But I know all those acceptance letters are coming in and, you know, the deferral letters and all of that kind of stuff. It's you have to really um, I think you really have to spend time with your kids and just say that there's again, we, we say this all the time. We've seen it with our son. There's so many different paths to your career and your and success. But um, it doesn't seem like a big deal to us. And I've heard a lot of parents say, like, if their kid didn't get into Georgia, they just need to get over it. It It's a big deal to these kids because they've worked their entire life to get to this point. And it's the first time for most of them that they've had massive disappointment. So I'm really proud of her. But, um, you know, it's not it's not our I mean, it is our decision financially, but it is um, it's ultimately her decision. And I'm trying to stay out of it. I have my viewpoints of where I want her to be. Well, Arkansas. I mean, they're going to offer in-state <laughs> tuition, and, and, and T only gave us $2,500. That no, four, that wasn't the one. Is it four years or one-time one time payment? That was the College of Charleston, right. which is very expensive. And they were like, you can come. But right, but it's that $2,500. That's that, one not time. that it really matters. That's one time. Because she's going to become a Razorback. But, well, we don't know about well, that. Well, we do. Well, that's one time. We do. So We were listening to a podcast the other day. We were four or five minutes in before we had any idea what was going on with the podcast. We may have even been further in than that. And I said to you, I said, you know what? 
we've tried to do this, and I think we've got to do a better job of it, is at the top of each episode explaining what's getting ready to happen or what's going on or what this podcast is all about. And so um, you have heard us in episodes maybe do this, but I think we just got to do it, you know, do it better. Uh, we talk about things you're already talking about with family and friends, conversations about music and uh, what else, pop culture and headlines and trends and parenting and, and kids and personal growth and revealing stories sometimes. That's what we do here, all right? But there's a little more to it than that. Sometimes we're silly. Sometimes we're serious. We're probably more silly than we are serious. Uh, we're, we're genuine. We're authentic. We're transparent about everything, uh, highs and lows and in-betweens. And we understand that a lot of people are traveling this week because it's Christmas week. Maybe you're on Delta listening to the podcast for the first time. Maybe you are sick and tired. Maybe you are experiencing right now what you heard us talk about last episode, mm. traveling with your spouse and kids, which can be, it can be frustrating sometimes. It can be challenging. So if you are, you got your earbuds in right now and you're listening because you're just tired of talking to everybody else in the car, that's fine. We're just excited that you're here. Many are here for the first time. And so we just wanted to remind you about a couple of things. Podcasts never go away. If you chose to do so right now, you could go back to episode one, January 2020, the first week of January 2020, and you could listen to that podcast. You can listen to any podcast. They never go away, unlike radio. You can listen when you are ready, when you have time, when you want to. You can hit pause at any point during this episode or any episode. And step into the grocery store, take a phone call for work, and then pick right back up where you left off. Yeah, the, the never goes away part is a little scary. Mm. <laughs> yes. I will say I was listening to another podcast that featured the Podfather, which that's who they call Adam Curry, who is, he used to be with MTV. Remember this back in the day? So they call him the Podfather because he kind of was the first person to monetize podcasts and really push them out. Um, into the world, so to speak. He also worked with Apple. I don't know if everybody knew that to kind of get him on there, but she's sort of like walking back now. But um, that's the podcast I was listening to. We were traveling. And it was fascinating because there are so many ways now um, to for um, content creators to upload their podcast and put them out into the world that um, while it is still the wild, wild west, it was very interesting. And I thought maybe I should warn Caddy about this. Like there are some regulations that are starting to come to podcasting and um, there are people who are being accountable for things that they are saying that you, what? What? Uh, yeah, that you can't just really throw things out there as much anymore that there is some with, as with anything as big businesses, yeah, as big businesses get involved. That was the thing that originally drew creators and yourself to podcasting is that, you really could control and curate the content. Um, but as with anything, because you have to upload it somewhere, there is some regulations. But there's some interesting things going on with some servers. I don't want to get too techy here, but um, some different servers and hosting sites where it's trying, they're trying to kind of make it small and niche again. Um, because a lot of like, like Spotify is buying a lot of smaller companies and this type of thing. So, um, Again, anyone can podcast. And as we've said before. That wasn't you. That was me. If you're listening right now, you didn't get a text. That was fine. Oh, if, if you like want to do a podcast, I mean, you can you can do that today. You and I were talking about the most fascinating thing, the thing that we love about Appen and Preston and all the great people here is our podcast. Forget about what we're saying. But this sound quality of our podcast sounds great. And you would be surprised that the, some of the top, top podcasts, because I listen to a lot of them. I can't get through the first 15 minutes because of the sound quality. It drives me nuts. 
you know, where one person's calling in and they're talking over them, or this person or that person, or, or somebody's in their closet. Because all you need now is a roadcaster mic, and you're good you to go. You don't even need that. You, you can get know? you a $30 mic at, at Best Buy and be on your way. Yeah. PT is the producer of the My Second Act podcast. Do you guys want to take a quick guess at the number of podcasts I'm subscribed to? Subscribe all right, well, let's like you are how old? 28? Okay. Mm-hmm. Right in the old Married, podcast demo. Suburban Atlanta. I'm right. I'm smack dab in that demo. Male. Mm-hmm. Won't talk about your political affiliation. I'm going to turn off my notifications. <laughs> there must be a fire somewhere. Donna, you first as I turn off my notifications. For okay, so these are podcasts you subscribe to. Yes. I'm going to. Not ones I listen to every week, but there's ones that I want to stay up to date with, and maybe if they release an episode that looks good. I'm going to say 28. Okay. No. No. Daddy? I'm going to say 14. 73. Okay. Oh well, my gosh. How many do you actually seek out and listen to every single episode? Like consistent every yes. single episode yes. is probably. 10? Yeah. And then the others are kind of like news-based where if a story breaks and I need some more info on it. I promise I'm working on this. I'm, uh, you know, I'm on top of that. Or if they release an episode, like if it's a movie review thing and it's a movie I care about, I'll listen to that one. But like I've turned it into kind of like a little social feed, which a lot of people my age I think are doing. I think so too. And I'm sure you do the same thing. I also, there's ones that I subscribe to, but if the topic or the guest... Then I'll I I don't have you know I'll, I'll like through. look at what's going on. Yeah, I also I, yeah. yeah I subscribe to all my own just so I can download them and then delete them immediately just so I get that extra. So you get download. to listen. Get that download. Yeah, get the download. Yes. Downloads matter. They that's count. a very important part. That's a very important thing. Even if you if you're like God, these people drive me crazy. I used to listen to them, but that man, he's like crazy. He's gone off the rails. Um, at least just download. Give us the download, all right. please. Although. There again, metrics and all this, you know, downloads used to be the big thing. It's not such a big thing anymore. It's very interesting. You know, it's moving fast and all new media does. So we want to consume media on our terms and when it's convenient. And, and that's why we, we have seen growth in, in Netflix and smartphones. And originally, remember DVRs and now everybody does Netflix. Absolutely. Yeah. We're living in a techie existence on demand. Everybody wants it on demand with podcasts and you can get it whenever you want it on demand. Somebody asked me the other day, well, when do I listen to your show? Whenever you want, whenever you can. All right. There's no set time. They upload at midnight, I believe. Tuesdays and Thursdays at midnight. Two new episodes every week of Kettle I Jack, my second act with that lady. That lady. So that's it. Welcome. We appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Why's your mood suddenly landed? It hasn't. Louis C.K. has a special. Y'all seen this? He I just, did not see that. It just dropped. Like they, they, they did no pre-promotion or anything on this. I think that's what these people are doing now. They no, just no dump warning. them into Netflix. No warning at all. I guess Louis didn't want to see. Didn't want you to see him coming. We're going to talk coming up about former Georgia Senator Johnny Isaacson, who has passed PT, who runs in political circles, and it's PT's full, you know full time job is working in politics. We're yes. going to talk about Senator Isaacson. Also, this episode. If you were at the Hampton, Georgia Christmas Parade Saturday and you and your family had gathered in the final, we'll say, quarter mile of the parade route, we missed you. We had to dip out of the during the parade. I'm going to share that story with you coming up just a little bit too. Gallery Furniture is in Gainesville, 1600 Brownsbridge Road. Ask for Donna. Ask for the Wolfman. Local, small business. They mean business. And let me tell you, Donna has inventory right now if you need furniture go to Gainesville it's worth the drive from wherever you are listening to this podcast even out of state bring a U-Haul truck they have four warehouses of furniture 
sleeper sofas, recliners. Donna told me, Donna, 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 they're getting trucks, uh, two trucks a day right now. Yeah, it's a great point. Even if you're in like a surrounding state, if you're listening to the podcast in Chattanooga, in Florida. Augusta. We had people pop in from Augusta. Yeah. I mean, if you're here visiting family, it is totally worth it. It's not a joke to go up there and rent a truck and take your furniture because you're going to have it. When you get home, you've got it. You're not waiting. You're not waiting for a delivery. You're not sitting around all day. Your life is not on hold based on when something's going to get delivered. You can go up there and, and, and get it immediately. And also, you're going to get an amazing price. Everybody at some point needs a couple of new pieces. Um you know, for their house. So if you're in that position, please shop there first, because I guarantee you there's nobody who has gone up there and then said, eh, it just didn't work out. You know, I couldn't find what I wanted. She has everything that you're going to need. Donna will work with you too. They have financing. I- I've been up to the store. I go up every month to visit with uh, Donna and her wife, uh, her wife, her daughter, Marilyn, and everybody up there. And, and people come in and pay her $25 a week sometimes, Donna. They do what they can. And Donna understands that. She is a proud member of the Gainesville business community. They've got a store in College Park as well. Her dad, the infamous Wolfman, Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Pedro, Gainesville. Check him out on social media too. It's uh, Gallery Furniture GA on the gram. A small ask of you, if you don't mind, follow this podcast. So you don't miss anything coming up. Spotify is also adding a five-star review yes. rating system. Yes, so yes, listen, yes. I mean, should we hit pause while you take care of that right now? Uh, invite number two, invite and encourage at least three people in your circle or that you'll be sharing ham with this weekend for Christmas to enjoy the podcast, listen to the end of each episode because it's just unpredictable and show our sponsors some love gallery furniture, Gainesville, dinneraffair.com promo code is caddy 2021 Brightmore healthcare Delta Atlanta's hometown airline. And also brought to you by Ford built Ford tough. That's a lot. It's getting longer. The Ford F-150, the best selling truck on the road. Score your F-150 at Fayetteville Ford promotional consideration provided by the following. Uh, Pepto-Bismol canceled. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Were we not providing enough uh, content? Well, they just thought I was making fun of their their jingle and thing. Well, I think you were. I was. Mm -hmm. I was. So Great. We're going to add two songs uh, to the Caddy and Donna, or Donna and Caddy, Spotify Hype Song Playlist. These are the songs, if you knew the podcast, that uh, originally when we would set them up, we'd say these are the songs we listened to on the way here today. And that was actually a lie most of the time. What? But songs that we, well... But there are more songs that we have discovered or songs that we have rediscovered or, or just like favorite are enjoying songs. right yes. now. You know, yes. it's kind of like a it's theater of the mind. Go ahead, Donna. Okay. Um, I am adding the Wreckers, which were two um, ladies, Michelle Branch and Jessica Harp. Wasn't she from the alt world? Yeah, Michelle Branch alt had her own. Yeah. yeah. So they, their, um, their country song that they recorded was um, Leave the Pieces. It's a great song. It's a pretty big hit for them. Yeah, it was. But then but they really. Obscure. Where did you find this song? I just, I heard it the other day and I'm like, dang, I loved that song. I think that's what the Spotify playlist is too. Yes, it is. We call it the hype song. It's songs we listen to, but it's also like, I, you know, when I hear something, I'm like, gosh, I haven't heard that in a long time. It's such a great song. Um, but they didn't really have a whole lot of country success after that. Yeah, they, they, or nor before. Yeah. Well, Michelle Branch had some, but I mean, they did country. they did play a few um, country shows. I know, like they did some festivals and stuff. But anyways, you're gonna love it when you hear it. Okay, what about you, Jody Messina? Bye bye. That's a good one. I I've been going back to her greatest hits package for some reason, but I, you'd be hard pressed to find a, a female country artist that had more hits in the late '90s and early 2000s than Jody Messina did. And you forget all the hits that she had, and many of them you still hear on country radio today, which shows you that.
they have they have staying power. Those songs are researched. You know that you hear the the golds and the powers as they're called. The songs from from back then. Um, Explain that. What's a power? Power a power song would be the category would be P. P is in power, and that means that it's a very recognized, familiar, strong country song. They've researched it, and people say they like it. It has high likability. Think um, songs that you, even if you're not a country fan, you would recognize. Like an Alan Jackson song. George Strait, Alabama, Brooks and Dunn, Brooks and Dunn those type songs. And it's a song you never get tired of hearing. You and can't gonna play it enough. You're yeah. going to hear forever. Gold, G, would be the category, as in gold, would be your, your much older cuts. Some stations wouldn't even have a gold category. Uh, I don't think either of the country stations in Atlanta does. We do with the Bayer 985. We play some. Like a Martina McBride. Uh, no, no, much older than that. Uh, you know, think a Conway. Think, oh. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it could be argued the real country songs. Waylon, Willie, Hank Jr. Kenny. Uh, Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. Um, so that's. Uh, then you I have love that. A would be heavy category. Which is the most the most current songs out right now? The hottest songs on the chart would be your A category, and they get you know that thirty six spins a week or whatever. All right. So you're so tired of hearing them. You pretty much yes. Those are the songs that you've already tired of listening to country radio. Exactly. All right, we're going to add those to the Spotify hype song playlist. Love it. Simple search, and uh, you have a list from last season. Yes. And a playlist from this season. And we have to think about what we're going to call our third list next year. Three. Just three? Yeah. I like it. Hype song three. Well, what's, what's, um, this is part D. What's three in Spanish? You know, trace. 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 Come oh, on, trace. I love it. Yes. Trace will be it. Um, I want to talk about the parade. Okay. We've been doing a Caddy Claus tour with the Bear 92.5, which, uh, I do afternoons on, on a station here in Atlanta from three to seven. When you told me the story, I said it sounds like an episode of The Office. It was a skit from SNL. Yeah. So the parade is in Hampton. It was rescheduled from the previous Saturday because of rain. And there was rain in the forecast in Atlanta for this Saturday as well. The parade was uh, set, to start, uh, set to start at 530. We're going to gather in stage at the Hampton Elementary School. All right. So we're coming back from Greenville, South Carolina. We had been Friday night to see our church. So we're traveling back. We get home around 1 o'clock. I need to leave about 2.30 to be there by 4. I'm communicating with some of the station people. And I'm like, how's the weather? I'm looking at the radar. And I'm like, mm, are we going to get this in or not? I don't mind driving mm-hmm. to the south side. However, a three-hour round trip for a 45-minute parade. I'm in. I'm in. You got to do stuff like that. I don't mind doing it. I love doing stuff like this. But if it was going to rain and storm, let's let's make a call right now. But I never heard that call. All right. So I, I traveled down to Hampton. And um, we I get on the Bear 92.5 float. And it's myself and it's Chris East, who is the midday person. Now, who builds a float? Chris. Okay. Yeah. It was nice. We had a huge sand inflatable. We had some beer signs. We had a snow blower. I took my fogger down to Hampton. Okay, what is that? We, we blew a fuse. Well, the fogger I have in the garage that we used at the Alzheimer's football charity game years ago when we ran through the goalposts. I took my fogger. Did you not Hampton. know we had a fogger in the garage? Like no. a fog machine? No. You didn't? Yeah. No. So we had it going on. Well, it starts to rain at about 525. Parade starts at 530. Okay. We have Buddy the Bear, Bubba the Bear, whatever his name is. Bubba the Bear is there too, which is the station mascot. And it's a huge bear costume, all right? And we have somebody that wears Bubba or Buddy. I don't remember his name. Well, Bubba's starting to get wet. His fur is starting to Ew. starting to mat together because of the rain. But the city of Hampton says, we're going on. There's about eight vehicles that have queued up for the parade that have shown up. Everybody else has, has bailed. Eight vehicles. Pony Express, 12U softball team. I want to say hey to Coach Bodie and his team. 
Got to hang out with those uh, folks for a little while. They were in front of us in the parade route. So we go. Can you have huh? a parade with aviators? Yeah, well, we did. We tried. We, okay. we we only had three quarters of a parade <laughs> okay. with the Bear 985. So we start going and you have a police escort. And there's some people that have shown up for the parade in Hampton. And the city of Hampton is decorated beautifully. They get the best dressed award of the six parades I've done this year. They had uh, some city employees on ladders. And they were blowing snow, too, as the oh, parade, as it. all seven of us came down the street, down Main Street. Towards, I think we're at the end. I'm not, you can never tell when you're doing a parade. Uh, I think we're towards the end. And suddenly, I just happened to look around, and we have taken a left and gone across the railroad tracks. And the parade, meanwhile, I look over to my right, and the parade is over like a half mile away. I can see the flashing blue lights from the Hampton police cars that are part of the parade. And, and, and they announced, they being Mike Starr, who is driving the vehicle that's pulling the Bayer 925 float, um, I said, Mike, we're, we're off, we're off, we're off the mark. We're off the mark. Mike, Mike has to take a dump. Okay. So we have bailed out right. of the Hampton, Georgia. He suddenly, he has, what's the thing where sometimes you just have to go? Okay. It's a, it's a medical problem, Donna. Seriously. Irritable bowel syndrome. The, the IBS. Yes. Okay. That's what it is. He, he suddenly had a, a, a case of IBS <laughs> and we had to roll. We had to we had to duck out of the Hampton, Georgia Christmas parade. And we were the first back to the, uh, to the elementary school. I didn't know any of this at the time. I'm like, why are we back? Why are we by ourselves? What happened to the fire truck behind us and miss Georgia ag junior on her Jeep, holding her umbrella. And then we had the pony express 12 year girl softball team from, from Coley park and McDonough and Henry County in front of us. Where'd everybody go? Where'd our friends go? Well, why are we by ourselves? And it's dark. We're on a dark road approaching the staging area where we just were. Early by ourselves. Were people like, where'd you go? What I've had happened? some people ask. I thought that you guys were going to be part of the press. And we were for the first three quarters of a mile. The last 25% of the parade, we had to, Mike, Mike Starr had to go to the restroom. He has IBS. So I apologize. I apologize. But Bubba the Bear, though, for all the parades, I've just, you know, you, you come up with like little skits that you do because you can recycle them every two blocks because you have a brand new audience. So you just have to be funny three times. And I have a PA system and a microphone. So with Bubba the Bear, when he would be with us, he only missed one parade. I'd do the voice. I'd do the voice of Bubba the Bear. Okay, I'd be like, "Hello, boys and girls. It's Bubba the Bear from the Bear 92.5. Think Country Jamboree at Disney." Okay, and I would have, you know, I had the microphone in my throat, and I would kind of duck down a little bit, like behind Bubba. It's huge costume, and I would say some of the most inappropriate things. Okay, he can't he can't say anything. Bubba can't say anything because he's got his hat on, his his hat, you know, his, his head on, this big bear head. Hello, boys and girls. It's the bear. I'm Bubba the Bear from the Bear 92.5. Do drugs. Huh? Okay, stop. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, don't do drugs, boys and girls. You need boundaries. Hey, boys and girls, it's Bubba the Bear from the Bear 92.5. Don't play with matches. And and don't, yeah, that was, that was too good. I didn't do that one. No. <laughs> Don't, okay, don't, just stop. Don't stop. tell your mama about that lady you saw your dad out with last weekend. Okay, all right. <laughs> and thank you for listening to the Bear 92.5, boys and girls. Bubba the Bear. So that's my Bubba story, my parade story. Waze. Uh, Waze. I've been a huge proponent of Waze, the um, navigation app. For whatever reason, Saturday traveling from home to Hampton, I went on roads that were not even secondary roads. These were I was on a dirt road on Highway 81 outside of... Uh, Outside of Hampton, Saturday night, trying to get there. But I kept trusting Waze. I, and I told out loud, I said to Waze, Waze, I trust you that we're doing the right thing here. 
Because when I travel to the South Side, I don't know the South Side all that well, you know? And so I trust ways. I went through a cemetery. If y'all look in the run of show, I did a screen grab of my navigation. Um, and there's a cemetery. that wait, Ways took me through a damn cemetery um, on Mount Carmel Road in Hampton, Georgia, outside of the Crystal Lake Golf and Country Club. Well, maybe that was the quickest way. Through a cemetery? I don't know. I mean... It was almost like I had the, and I think there is this filter, the no interstates filter. Didn't didn't Olivia, our eighteen year old daughter, use that at one point? Like, so the, the the route doesn't take you on interstate. Yes. It's, I thought maybe I checked that box or something by accident because I I traveled from Alpharetta to Hampton, which is eighty two miles, not ever touching the interstate with my tires. Yeah, she used to have her set, so she didn't have to get she on. Went through neighborhoods. Seriously. I mean, I sound terrible. Huh? I think I should just sit up here and you just talk. I'll just nod. This is like your dream episode. I also included in the run of show a screen grab of the radar from 530 in Hampton, Georgia, Saturday night. Did you see that thunderstorm? Because someone not have called me and said, listen, turn around, Caddy, go back. It home. was bad. Could yeah, someone not have sent me a text? Would have taken no time at all. But you're here for the people. I'm always there for the people. And we had a great time with the uh, the Caddy Claus tour. And uh, we, we'll do it again next year for sure. I said to some friends on radio, I said, if you are not doing parades, you are missing the second largest opportunity to engage with your audience Every year, the first being high school football. Well, don't give out your secrets. Like your competitive. I should say secrets. that for the paid portion of the yeah. podcast, the premium portion. Of yes, the podcast. this is competitive secrets. Okay, but it's true because, and and if you have an option and you can only do one parade, don't do your city parade like the market where you are. If you're in Boston, don't do the city of Boston parade. Do one in the suburbs. It means much more to those people when you come to their community. We were in noon and Thursday night. Let me tell you something, Alan Jackson's hometown. I have never seen a parade as large as that one before. And I did the show parade in Atlanta for a couple of years. These people in Noonan, Donna, they were 12 and 15 deep along the square. I love it. it I think it's like awesome. a piece of Americana that's missing. You know. What do you want to talk about? I can. I can't talk. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> we're going to have the conversation, I think, about Ben Affleck coming up here in a second. Uh, some clips from him on Kimmel apologize. We're not apologizing, but explaining because he, yeah. he got some hot water about some things yep, that yep, he yep, said. Yep, yep. Uh, we'll do that coming up during the My Second Act podcast. Dinner Fair, dinner, A-F-A-R-E.com. All right. We uh, want to be clear. We were customers and loved Dinner Fair long before they partnered with us on this podcast. <laughs> Ken and Stephanie Wright are the owners, the proprietors of Dinner Fair. They live, uh, they have a huge kitchen and they keep growing and growing and growing. So they have to add not only employees, but they have to add space to their facilities in Gwinnett County. Again, just like Gallery Furniture, locally owned business. Dinner Fair does ship nationwide, though. So if you are listening to the My Second Act podcast uh, outside of Atlanta, Georgia, you can still order Dinner Fair and they can get it to you. Money by guarantee. There's never a contract. You pick the dinners that you want from the menu. They change every month at dinneraffair.com. Um, and it's a great time. I can't talk. All right, good. It's All a right, great I'm time. Back. Well, it's I'm a great back. time to jump in. I mean, I just think that like you've probably been eating out. You've been eating junk. It's time to get your family back set, eating at a at a regular time. And if you need a last minute, and I realize you've been listening on upload day, today's December 23rd, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, Saturday is Christmas. If you need a gift, let me tell you yes. what you do. Let me tell you what you do. Go to dinneraffair.com and you can get an e-gift card like that right now. Yes, that's a great idea. Give the gift of, of giving time back yeah. to a family member or to a friend and then give the gift of great dinners that your family is going to love. And if you uh, have a couple days, you can go to dinnerfair.com. They have a second option for, for gift certificates and, and e-cards and things like that. And you actually, with the second one, 
or there is a selection you can make where you get a handwritten note. And it's, uh, it's, it's sitting like a, with a card, you know, but listen, if you've put it off, put it off or somebody gives you a gift that you didn't oh, anticipate. Yeah. That's the worst. Today, tomorrow or Saturday. And you're like, shit, what am I going to do? So-and-so got me so-and-so. Dinneraffair.com dinner afare.com you can email it to him right then i got you know, your gift right I, here. I used to have a, i used to have a boss Damn. that had like cashews all in his trunk matt yeah yeah and if somebody gave him a gift he'd just pop his trunk and give you the cashews everybody got the same gift he you know he ordered a box of of yeah whitman's cashews or like from costco but he had them lined up ready to roll brilliant because there's nothing worse than when someone gives awkward. you a gift and you're like yes awkward yes maybe we should have a gift for preston i just thought about that well but it's, we do donna it's us. It's, well, no, we have a gift, but today's not. Today's oh, that's only, true. Yeah. Okay. We got right. time. We got oh, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're getting some cashews. Yes. PT. We're going to pop the trunk. Give you the cashews. <laughs> Fauci says redefining fully vaccinated as three shots is on the table. When did this happen? Quickly, I think. We had a conversation last episode on the podcast about how I couldn't find a bathroom on the south side of Atlanta because I needed to go really, really bad. And, and everybody shut their bathrooms back down because of COVID. On Terra Boulevard, 1941. Yeah, I feel like it's it's uh, it's definitely back. You're seeing restaurants now that are corralling tables off, and 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 and, and so a couple of Broadway shows canceled. Jingle Ball, um, a, a big radio for, event, was canceled for, for because Christmas. the artists couldn't get in. They don't want to be responsible again. You're starting to see this. Um, here's the problem. Here's the problem. In the past, we were told, and I'm not going to be like that person, but I'm just saying, like in general, to gather. It was if you're vaccinated, you can share your card and, you know, some facilities will become share like, the gravy boat. You're fine. Yeah. Like, you know, vax like in New York, as long as you've got your card, you're going to be able to move freely. And, and I know things are changing quickly and it's no there's no one person who's responsible for COVID. I get it. However, now that's kind of falling through the cracks because even with the booster, you're at what percentage? 70, whatever, 75 percent. So now. I think that's where it's going to start to really get tricky because if you think about it for the last year, last year, we were all just kind of waiting because that was the information that we had for the, for the shot. Well, and for the vaccination level to get at a certain percentage where we could, you know, again, those of us who had chosen to get vaccinated could move freely, could travel, could go to Broadway shows. Now that's not the case because if we're vaccinated at 75%, but there's still, you know, we're still having issues it's really going to become a problem because then what, what's the next thing? Like, when do you get to get, well, but when do you get to get back in the venue? And I mean, this is just, I've been, I've, I've had both my shots. I, I get it. So this is not a political thing. I'm just saying like, I think that's when the depression and the, the, it really starts to set in because we were all holding out for this moment when if we could just get the world, vaccinated a certain percentage we could kind of get back to our normal lives well we've done that and now what happens well i think that there is trust issues with the cdc and with with dr fauci and anyone involved because you know the cdc said booster shots are effective protecting against the strain and we're learning now that that's not the case there was a royal caribbean ship that docked in in miami after seven days 48 people got covid only one of them was not fully vaccinated. So 47 people that were fully vaccinated had their boosters and everything. Um, I, let me take that back. I don't know about the booster. Again, the conversation with Fauci right now is, are we going to add booster to the official vaccination definition, right? 
So fully vaccinated to rural Caribbean would probably be just two shots or, or one J and J. Um, but see, that's what we were talking about in, in, in another podcast is does that third booster percentage go down because people are like, I'm not going to keep getting shots shots if you can't, if somebody, and again, I don't know who that somebody is in the sky, but if, if there isn't some sort of guarantee that for all of the shots I'm getting, there's life on the other side. I think it actually hurts people. I mean, I think it hurts the percentage of people who are willing to get the booster because I think, again, leading up to getting your two shots, people are like, I'm going to get this done. Even if you weren't the most ardent vaxxer, you were like, I'm going to do this for my elderly grandparents. I'm going to do this so that I can go to an SEC game. I want, you know, everybody has their own reason and and those are valid for each person. I want to go to a concert. I want college football. And so you did that. But now are people like the percentage that are willing to get a booster and a booster after a booster after a booster? Does it start to go down? Because people are like, unless you can confirm the efficacy and like, this is going to allow me to completely move freely through the world. Why am I going to continue to get these? What do you think, Preston? Preston is the producer of the My Second Night podcast. I mean, I I sympathize with it. I think more of it from the perspective of like the government standpoint, because that's closer to what I do for work. But it's hard because the vaccine does not protect you from covid it makes covid less deadly and less fatal so it's not we're not hitting the herd immunity standard that i think a lot of people maybe like colloquially expected of like well if people just stop getting it then it'll just kind of go away but that's not really how it's chosen to manifest itself like my friends are still getting it but it's showing itself as kind of like a very bad cold, which is obviously right. preferred. But because of how strongly the vaccine was being pushed and how we were trying to motivate people, there were promises attached to it that, like we said, I don't think are anybody's fault, but the promises haven't been kept. There isn't, there no. is not a, a normal that has been returned to. And I think that is the like, everybody's just very tired. So I think you have shot fatigue. So if it were me, which it will never be, but if it were me, I would try and figure out how to clear up the messaging more around what still is okay, rather than pull back the curtain on everything. Like very early on in the pandemic, there was footage that CNN was airing that was trying to shame everybody during a, a holiday weekend where a bunch of people were on the beach and this B roll they were showing had a ton of people on the beach that were spread out they were only hanging out in small groups and beaches are very windy and they're outdoors. And people were looked at that footage and were like, shame on you, shame on you. When in reality, that is one of the things that we were still able to do in that time. Right. So we have to clear up this message and we're like, how do we let people still live their lives enough where they're not going to get so over it that they disregard everything? Everything. And I think you hit on a really important point and that is, it was in the messaging. I don't know. I mean, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think there was a large majority of people who did not understand, or, or and this is going to sound crazy, but who do not get what you just said. That is, the shot is to keep it from overrunning hospitals and, you know, and, and really infecting large segments of the population. That it wasn't to prevent you from getting it all together. I'm, that- I'm, I'm, I'm going to be stupid right here. And I'm going to be... No, go ahead. Well, I'm going to be the person, because I know I'm not alone in this. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, I mean... I had no idea. I thought that if you got 
the, the, the shot, not the booster, but the fact if you were fully vaxxed, again, not even with a booster, if you had your two shots with Moderna and, and Pfizer or your one with J&J, I thought you were good to go. Well, because here's the sentence. Get the COVID-19 vaccine to protect yourself from COVID-19. Now, the public hears that and says, I've just put a shield, like a like a magical a force, force field around myself. That's what I thought. When in reality, it's like all of the other bacteria entering your body every day that doesn't hit you like a freight truck, but instead hits you like a, you know, a, a, like a, a bug. cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. No so, different than the flu. So I knew that. The, the statements are still true of like, this does protect you, but it doesn't. As a as a group think project, it doesn't keep us from spreading it, and it doesn't keep the people who are unvaccinated. There is no guarantee, right? It 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 hasn't slowed it down in the way that is something like a full immunization, meaning you cannot not only can you not get it, but you can't spread it either. That's yeah, what I think I, people were expecting, and if that was the case, my very limited knowledge of science told has told me like we would be beyond it at this do, point. Do you think I'm the, the only one in the world? That thought <laughs> no, that? I just no. said that. That's, <laughs> no, what I, absolutely no. not. That's what I was just saying. I think they need a new ad agency. I think they need a, they need a new brand messaging. And I think honestly, this is such a, we didn't know we were going to get off in this conversation, but I think it's a great one. I think that's why Fauci, I know a lot of people, I'm not going to get in this, but like, that's why he's taking so much heat is because they're like, you told us, you told well, us. And to be fair about our original topic of him saying it's not, or it's on the table. His job is not to take things off the table. His job is to Put be the one on the that is constantly reevaluating the current situation. And and his message is supposed to be filtered through people who work on public policy, but his job is public health, which means if the science came out tomorrow and told him one thing, he is a scientist. He has to come on there. And I do think there is some mistake in having that person be your forward facing, yes. meet the press, face the nation yeah. person. hundred percent spokesperson. And there are people like, I don't know if this has happened to you where like, this happens all the time where somebody will say, I just had this happen with a friend of mine. And they're like, Oh, um, you know, whatever her husband got COVID. What's the first question that people ask? Was he immunized? Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same thing as what you were saying about gathering on a beach. It's like me having a cold. Oh my God, I don't have it. It's like, we have become these people who feel like we have to constantly defend where we stand on any side of any story. It's like you can get COVID and have been vaccinated. I've had people say, would well, you think they were really vaccinated or they just said that? No, they were probably really vaccinated. But it's none of your business. But nothing's anyone's business, but everything is everyone's business in the new world. And this particular subject has made people ask questions of things. I mean, like, yeah, when would you, did you ever walk up to people and go, hey, do you get a flu shot? Did you get your kids there? Are you a not? I mean, you were either, you were either an ardent non-vaxxer and you didn't get your kids shots for, for whatever reasons, political, religious, whatever your reasoning was, health, whatever, or you were. There's so many shades of gray into this, but I've heard it happen so many times where I had a kid last week that works with me that got COVID. He has both shots. And people were like, well, has he been working around us and he hasn't been vaccinated? I'm like, guys, he has been vaccinated. But but had he not? Yeah. But he can but still get it. But, he can yeah. still transfer it to other people who can transfer it to people Correct. that haven't been vaccinated. So, like, it's important that people know and we're still doing the contact tracing stuff. But even even if everybody is vaccinated. And I think we're just trying to learn how to limit risk and still be able to do things that keep us functioning, which is like gathering. 
Yeah. Like it's a very basic yeah. thing on a the need. hierarchy of needs, it's right? Need. That we have to be you know? able to have a community and like, and we've got to figure out how to do that and still prevent as much risk as possible. Good talk. Good talk. Here is Ben Affleck. He was on uh, Kimmel. He said that I had blamed my ex-wife for my alcoholism and that I was trapped in this bitch. Like, just made me out to be like the worst, most insensitive, stupid, awful guy. I get it. Me, I'm happy to be sad, Batman. I'm happy to be Dunkin' Donuts and the meme. I, I understand. <laughs> really, like, it's about my kids. I gotta just draw a line. It's the exact opposite of who I am, what I believe, and I would never want my kids to think I would ever say a bad word about their mom because this really upset you I mean obviously when did the conversations begin when did the stories begin the the of Ben Affleck blaming his the the mother of his children on his alcoholism and there's more to it than that but that's part. he went on Howard Stern he went on Howard Stern and gave a long-winded interview um and we have many times talked about people who go on podcasts and just start talking because it's a very intimate conversation. We do it in here. There's sometimes when I'm like, please stop talking to you, but you don't. And that's okay. Um, and he just started talking. And I have very strong opinions on this story, but I see a lot of sides to this story. What he was saying in the interview, one of the things that he did say, which has caught so much flack, um, is that. What he he said, because people are going to take the sound bites, but what he said in part of it was, he told Howard Stern, I would probably still be drinking if I was still, if he was still married to Jennifer Garner. It's part of why I started drinking because I was trapped. I was like, I can't leave because of my kids, but I'm not happy. What do I do? What I did was drink a bottle of scotch and fall asleep on the couch, which turned out to not be the solution. And he said that later he went on a, a mea culpa like a apology tour for himself um on jimmy kimmel which i have to tell you it did not even sound like him on jimmy kimmel that's what i was caught with it just didn't sound like benefit but anyways what, what in, in his tone yeah just it just didn't sound like him his voice but it was him we know it. but he said that the press had taken it out of context and that you know he was happy to be a meme he was happy to be someone that people made fun of but when it came to his kids that's where he drew the line um, people in Jennifer Garner's circle have really come out and said, what a loser, like, to do this. Here's the part I do understand. I think if you're an addict, which he is, there are situations that heighten addiction because you, you just don't have the tools, which I don't believe when he was in that marriage, he had the tools. Or the support system. No, I think he did have the support system. He personally didn't have the tools to do what he needed to do. There is nobody from what I've seen, and again, we don't know these people, but he's even admitted this, that was more supportive than Jennifer Garner. When he was dating the woman who did the booking for Saturday Night Live, and him and Jennifer Garner had, had been divorced, and he started backsliding, Jennifer Garner was the one who he came to who took him to rehab. Um, so I, you know, he had a choice. There are people in marriages who don't have a choice because they don't have the financial situation to perhaps get divorced or whatever. He always had the choice to leave. And I believe that you can leave with dignity. You know, what his kids will remember is they probably would have never put it together. But now reading his interview is that, oh, yeah, every time he wasn't engaging with us, you know, we thought it was our fault, you know, and, and maybe it was our fault. Maybe we were the reason he drank. Maybe he was unhappy. Maybe he was, 
you can't put that stuff out there and then say, I want to protect my kids because you put it out on the front end. And the problem with interviews and things like that is, and I see people do this to their kids all the time. You don't understand what I was saying. You're right. I don't understand what what you were saying because I'm a child. I don't look at it the way you do. I can't stand when parents say that. They should just understand that I was just kidding. Well, they don't. You're a kid. You're a kid. It's not the kid's job to figure out what you're saying. It's your job to meet your kids and parent them where they're at. You know, it kind of goes along with the thing where people say, I spend tons of time with my kids doing what you want to do. Do you spend time with your kids doing what they want to do? You know, so my point to it is, is there's no way to walk this back now because his kids later, whether they read the soundbite or whether they go back and listen to the whole painful interview, are going to be able to hear that when his mom and when their mom and dad were together, he was absolutely miserable. And what he decided to do was to drink himself into oblivion instead of standing up and saying, I'm not happy. This situation is not good for my sobriety. It's not good for me mentally. And I need to go get the help that I need to get. But to you're divorced. You're with Jennifer Lopez. You're getting ready to marry her. Why do you have to drag your ex? And, and that's what, if I was Jennifer Garner, you know what I'd say to him? Keep my name out of your mouth. Okay? Just don't talk about me. You know, don't talk about me. And, and I do understand the fact that people can be miserable in marriages and it can be the worst part of yourself and you're going to go on. And he has. You've, you supposedly have sobered up. I will tell you, if I'm, his, uh, if I'm someone in his life, I would keep a watch on him because these are the type of things where you start backsliding because addicts don't like to be called out. And that's what's happening to him right now. He's kind of being called out. And so it's like they don't like that. They don't like to be uncomfortable. And so, you know, you, you, you know, if you go on Howard Stern, you're going to, he's going to ask you about your sex life. He's going to ask you about your divorce. He's going to ask you about your addiction. So I think if you're willing to go on there and talk about stuff, you may even want to like give your spouse a heads up, your ex-spouse. Or not just talk about it. Or, or just, just don't, don't talk, talk about, about it. it. You know, what you say is I struggled, had nothing to do with her. Now, if she was a raging alcoholic and enabling him, that's one thing, but she wasn't. You know, he should be man enough to stand up and say, you know what? I was not a great husband and I was not a great dad and I wasn't available. And half the time I was in a drunken stupor. But that's on me. That's on me. And my wife gave me all the support she could give me. And you know what? I'm spending my time now as a sober person kind of making amends and spending time with my kids and explaining to them. But it wasn't. It was almost like, and then to say on Jimmy Kimmel, like, you know, um, it's making me very sad. It's making me uncomfortable. Well, too bad. You're the one. Jennifer Gardner didn't give the interview. You did. And supposedly everyone was like, oh, J-Lo's so mad at him and da-da-da. And J-Lo's come out and people and said that she supports Ben, that he's a great husband and a great father. And I don't doubt that he is. You, you can have addiction problems and come back to be, you know, and at the time not be such a great husband and father, but come back and, and be a great father. There's, and if you're listening thought about this a lot because I had a friend that just went through this um, and they said there's it's never too late to become a better father you know as we have our kids we have a 22 year old and 18 and a 15 I know sometimes we even say oh it's too late now they're going on their own path it's never too late when Will was home 
for Thanksgiving, we had some great conversations just because they're in their 20s and their 30s and they're married. They still need you. So, you know, if if you are a great mother or father in the beginning and there were a few lost years, that's okay. But you don't throw in the whole towel. You know, you don't just say, you know what? I effed it up. I screwed it up. I'm just not going to be involved in my kid's life. That That's stupid. What's your thought? I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> about his support system. What's your thought? Uh, true. No. True. What's we your? We could have probably just had this conversation in the car. Well, the what's your thought? Um, I, all I, every, every, everything I echo everything that you said. Okay, you do all not. Right. Let's move on to the next topic. You do not. Former Georgia Senator Johnny Isaacson died Sunday morning. He was seventy-six years old. There are two types of people in this world: friends and future friends. PT runs in political circles. That's his full-time job. Wanted to pull you in to talk about uh, former Senator Isaacson for a couple minutes. Yeah, I never actually got to meet Senator Isaacson, which makes me sad today. But, um, you know, working down at the Capitol when a uh, big Georgia name is coming to the building, the mood very visibly changes and you feel it out. So it's like, oh, Newt Gingrich is visiting the chamber today. Everybody's like, oh, okay, here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Or Stacey Abrams is visiting the chamber today. Oh, God, here we go. Okay, well, I still remember, though, in, I think it was 2019, because it was around the time he retired, Johnny Isaacson is visiting the chamber today, and it just, it was brighter in the room. Every single person waited in line. These are electeds, where 99% of the time, they are not just trying to be the center of attention, they are asked to be the center of attention. Every single one of them waited in line to get a picture, to shake his hand. And it just visibly was so different than any other person I'd seen walk into that room. You know, he served at every representative level of Georgia government. He was a state house member, a state senator, a congressperson, and a senator, which a lot of people, I'm sure, at home deride the career politician type. But you serve for a long time like that. You don't make a lot of friends. Like, you make only exclusively enemies, and it is a remarkable achievement for him to have retired from the Senate with that much grace and just admiration from everybody in politics all of them he, he was very very much um respected by both parties too mm-hmm. right when you yeah that part, part of a dying breed of somebody who to be truly bipartisan yeah before asking whether or not you were going to vote for his bill he asked about your kids and he asked about your wife and he asked how everything was going at home and it was the last thing on his mind was do you think we could work together on this and and it, it is absolutely part of a dying breed but you know I, I hope i think we'd be a lot better off with more people like him that's what everyone said is that he was so he knew people's names he would remember people's spouse their kids mm-hmm. and would ask about them and i mean he certainly um i know at least one time went went outside of the party lines for women um and felt very strongly about those things so i i think he had so much respect from people because he clearly believed in the issues he believed in, you mm-hmm. know, regardless of whether it was technically a Democratic issue or a Republican issue. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's also in his time, in the Senate chaired the Ethics Committee, which if you can just like think for a second and imagine you're never delivering anybody good news as chair of the Ethics Committee. It's always you're going to be under investigation. <gasps> or something like that. And the person you pick for that, well, you either are picking a person you really hate. And you think everybody else hates, so it's not going to do that much damage. Or you have to pick somebody like Johnny Isaacson who can handle that position with grace and people trust where he's coming from. And um, he did it with class. So very sad day 
for everybody in Georgia politics and beyond. Check out uh, PT's podcast, the Georgia Politics Podcast, also part of the App and Podcast Network. All right. Um, if you have family and friends coming in for uh, the holiday, for, for this weekend, or even New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, um, you can um, – we're not going to do a full read here. They didn't want it. But if you if you need somewhere for, for people to stay, awesomealfredo.com, hit that, and you can book uh, – we have 30 great hotels, every price point here in the city of Alpharetta. Come and play a little while and then stay a little while. In our hometown, Alfreda, Georgia, we are 30 miles north of downtown Atlanta. When you come and you stay and you visit, you don't have to go anywhere. You've, if you want to shop, got you. With North Point Mall, Avalon, Donna, where your store is, and City Center, downtown Alpharetta, and great restaurants and um, nightlife now, which Alpharetta really never had. It used to be just Mercantile Social. I mean, we're like a hot spot now. At Milton and North Main, right? You know, right there on that corner. And yeah. now there's, we have like a dance, what we did, the dance club. People like, you can't. What is that? What does that mean? Oh, I'm, I don't know. It's like being in an EDM party or something. Like when you, mm. yeah. Well, there's something for everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was dancing. That was my dance. Yes, that was my dance. A lot of places to go. I meet if you if you have you know friends coming in that you hadn't seen in a long, long time, but they come home every year for Christmas. We have friends like that. that yeah. You maybe only see them one time a year, but now you don't have to go to Sandy Springs or you don't have to go to Buckhead or Midtown or Downtown. You can stay here in Alpharetta and have cocktails and entertain yourselves and go to the clubs. Yeah. Get you one of those uh, one of those glow sticks. A glow stick. Yeah, mm-hmm. and go to uh, Fairway Social and see how they look at you with your glow stick, doing your EDM moves there. Awesomealpharetta.com. Click on the book your room button to compare rates at any of the hotels, and uh, we'd love to see you here for the holidays. Not at our home, but uh, somewhere in town. Make us a reservation and buy, and we'll meet you there. Audio for this episode of the My Second Act Podcast from ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. Here's what we do: we thank uh, PT Preston Thompson who uh, is a producer of the My Second Act podcast and also editor of The Letter. You can subscribe for free. Text left on red, no spaces. Red is the color, R-E-D. Left on red. Donna, would you like to share the number? 22828. Slow down. I can't. I can't really talk. 22828. Absolutely free. Hit your inbox every Saturday morning at 910. Four-minute read, and it's just a, it's a component to this podcast. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen, production assistance from Steve Mitchell, and Ingold Studios in Atlanta. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. 